Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. You are our focus. We want you to know that you matter in the world and that you're important to the world. We're here to remind you of just how valuable and needed you are right now. Help us to help others. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, post, tweet, pin, let everyone know how amazing Angel Heart Radio is. So again, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is sponsored by angellight777.com. Hello everyone and welcome. I'm Annette McCoy. This is my first live show for 2018 and boy, what a way to start. So especially if you're tuning in for the very first time, thank you for choosing to tune in to Angel Heart Radio and this particular show. I have with me Janet Hickox and Janet is with me regularly at the, uh, usually it's the fourth week of the month. This year, January has five weeks and to keep the flow going, Janet very kindly agreed to come on today. Janet, Welcome back to Angel Heart Radio and thank you so, so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Annette. It's great to be back. Happy New Year to you and to all of your listeners. Here we face a 2018 now. I know. And my goodness me, at the end of the first month of 2018. Wow. Yes, I did. That That was lost on me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> 11 months more oh, and it'll oh, be 2019. Goodness. Oh, incredible life. Yeah. So I'd like to welcome our guests in the chat room, those on the switchboard, and those out there who just simply happen to be listening. We have a switchboard full because the show was advertised as having mini readings. And Janet, your readings are always very, very popular. Love doing readings. I'm hoping today that we can keep it to, you know, maybe one question or so, um, and try to keep the question maybe uh, around what maybe how the eclipse is going to affect you, since that's the subject that we're talking about today. And exactly. uh, I've got charts. Ris- I've got charts already printed right in front of me, so I'm ready to go. Oh, fantastic! Well, shall we talk a little bit about the eclipse to start with? and fill people in because I, for one, had no idea that they are powerful gateways. It's like, wow, what a time we're living in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eclipses have long been known, humankind, humankind, uh, to be sort of portents of some powerful shifts that were taking place on the planet or, and, you know, and we, we have it in our mythology that uh, idea of eclipses and how powerful they can be because if you just think about how people feel around the eclipses or they look at the moon during a solar or a, a lunar eclipse and they see blood on the moon and uh, even uh, some of the more ancient cultures on the planet for example the Maya very much aware that there was a social upheaval during the time of a solar eclipse and that lunar eclipses were often more personal and change was afoot within their societies. And so, you know, going way back in time, eclipses have caused fear on the planet, wonder and awe on the planet. And we now think of them as what you, you characterize as powerful gateways or portals of change. Uh, I often call them game changers. Because we are going along in our lives and we feel like, you know, we're making headway. And all of a sudden yeah. an eclipse comes along and slaps you upside the head and <laughs> you are running in a new direction. Um, not because they're punitive in any way. They're, this is not punishment for you not doing things the right way. But the eclipses give us this opportunity to get back on the right track. Because we do, we have a tendency to sort of wander off the trail. <laughs> so to speak. And right. so when when an eclipse happens, then, uh, and it's 
truth be told, Annette, I don't think it's actually eclipse so much, like the day of the eclipse so much, as it is the day leading up to the eclipse that can create the most anxiety for us, um, the most uh, number of changes perhaps, or things in the case of this lunar eclipse, the the things that are coming up from the deep unconscious, uh, from our past, maybe even past lifetimes, uh, ancestral lines of things that are coming up for us to clear and to let go of. And I thought we'd start, you know, the conversation with the idea of how are we framing this particular moon? Because the reason why this moon is so powerful, you can kind of see it in the name, right? It's called the super blue mm. blood full moon lunar eclipse of 2018. <laughs> it is. <laughs> let's break this down, right? I mean, the reason this is so powerful, one, is that it's a super moon. And the super moon is not so new or exciting or anything like that. It just is a time when comes within 90% of the closest it ever reaches to the earth, which means it has more tidal pull on the planet, right? The gravitational pull is great. The effect on our tides, on our weather, and on our human bodies is greater the closer that the moon comes to the earth. So this happens to be one of those times where there is a super moon. It is a blue moon because we had a full moon on the 1st of January, New Year's Day. Uh, universal time, it happened to be January 2nd, but for most of our time zones, it was on January 1st. And then, so the second full moon in a month is, is called the blue moon. So this is a blue moon because it is the second full moon of the month. It is called a blood moon because of the color the moon takes on as it passes between the earth and the sun. It tends to take on that reddish uh, color. And so it gets the name blue moon. Um, There's a funny scene in a movie called Practical Magic where uh, one of the characters, these two sisters are witches, and one of them looks up at the moon and she realizes it's an eclipse, and she goes, blood on the moon, death will come this night, or something that, I mean, so we have these mythologies built around uh, the blood moon. Doesn't necessarily mean death is coming. Does op- open up the pathway for people to make their transitions, and you know, starting from about two weeks before this lunar eclipse on through the eclipse, it is a huge gateway, huge portal for people to make their transformation or their uh, transition from physical into the spiritual and you know we both know people who parents have passed during this time period um we see it splashed across the news with various people that we know you know from stars or or uh, celebrities who passed during the time um and then of course it's a full moon and a lunar eclipse so there's part of this whole long phrase we have for this particular moon none of that is meaning this is particularly bad or good it's just a very powerful time for everybody and i dare say every one of us is feeling somewhere because somewhere in your chart is the zodiac sign of leo and aquarius and that happens to be the axis through which the full moon and the sun are passing so Wherever that is in your chart, we can sort of take it and look in, zoom in, and see what kinds of things that you might be grappling with, what kind of changes might be up for you, and where that might be taking you. And that's the reason why I think a lot Very, of people want readings today. Right? They, yes, they, can well, they can feel what's going on. The uh, switchboard has lit up incredibly. All right, Jennifer, are you... Happy to start with some readings then? Because what I love about readings is that, yes, you are giving one to a specific person. However, all of us can take info from what you have to share. Absolutely. That is the beauty of doing readings on air because everybody has this Leo and Aquarius eclipse in their chart someplace and... So the energy is sort of universal. So we can learn a lot 
ourselves by listening to what's going on for other people. So Lovely. why don't we? Yeah, why don't we do this, um, Annette? Let's bring in our first couple of people, and then I have a little bit more information that I want to share about the eclipse, and then we'll take in some others. Okay? Does that work? That sounds beautiful. <laughs> Good. Hannah, welcome to Hi. Angel Heart Radio. Hi. Thank you. Hi, Heather. How are you? Very well. Very well. Excited for my reading. I can cool. see Heather why it is that you might want to have a reading today since you are a Leo and this is happening across, across the part of your chart where the sun is. All over <laughs> my chart. <laughs> well, and, and interestingly enough for you, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of your regular chart, but if you have, you probably have noticed that your midheaven, which is the, basically the 12 noon position in your chart, is at 12 degrees of and this eclipse is across the 11 degrees, 37 minutes, i.e. almost 12 degrees of uh-huh. Leo and Aquarius. So this is a very powerful time for you. Um, the sun happens to be at the noon position, which is the entryway into the career part of your chart or the worldly you. The moon is in Aquarius down in the IC, which is basically the uh, entryway into the home roots foundational part of who you are so if there are changes occurring in that part of your life this is what's causing it or what's driving this change so do you have a specific question about your life in particular right now that's going on well i definitely wanted to know exactly how or i guess not exactly but a roundabout way of how this eclipse will affect my chart because i do know that my midheaven is in Leo. I know that my, um, oh my gosh, my nodes are, you know, the Leo North, Aquarius uh-huh. South. I know that I have Leo in a couple of different, you know, areas. Of, I just know, I know like in the, in the, I guess, between 9 and 12 o'clock area of my chart, there is, you know, like a lot of action going on. And then if you kind of go <laughs> diagonal, there's nothing. I think I have like three areas, I want to say maybe, Capricorn, mm-hmm. um, well, you can see it. So you see where I yep. have, n- like, no planets in those areas. And so I guess just kind of um, a brief explanation on how the eclipse will affect me and then what that actually means in my chart where I don't have those planets and stuff like that. Well, The best you can do in the short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> I could get a lot out, trust me. <laughs> okay. So, so first of all, with the sun up at your midheaven, the sun is the most elevated planet in your chart and is so the ruler of Leo. So there's a lot of focus and a lot of energy around the late ninth house, which is a house of expansion and elevating your perspective. But it's also so close to the 10th house, that perspective and that elevation spills out into the part of your life around your career and uh, what you do in the world how you claim your authority. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Your destiny or the north node is also in Leo. So I I always find people right around 1980-ish to be really interesting to me because my north and south node are also across this same axis. So I'm so familiar with this, yet 20 years older than you, so I just share wisdom with you. Thank you. And it's this. (laughs) (laughs) That... North Node, and to some extent the Leo Sun, is here to do what they desire, what is central to your heart. And in other words, what do you love? What would get you up in the morning, no matter how you felt, because you so loved doing it? And then once you have that identified, your job is to transfer your life to that arena so that you are living in alignment with your heart space. And when you do that, I I think Leo sometimes fears or doesn't have the confidence, especially when they're younger, to really take this in and understand what I mean. Certainly I didn't, right? I felt like, oh, no, I can't really do what I want. Really? Is that really true? Um, And it is so true for you, right? It is so true for you that you are here to do what your heart's desire is. that mean that you're here to be an artist, then be an artist. If you're here to be a lover of antiquities, then that's what you're here to be. 
Um, don't let the outer world dictate what it is that you should be doing because it's your heart, your inner world that is dictating what you could be doing or should be doing. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yes. And, and the, and, and like not being sure and, and like every, every single thing that you are saying is just spot on for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. As you get uh, a more uh, confidence, let's say, and Leo part of you actually takes over and begins to really push themselves into the world. It's, I, I would love to tell you this is easy. When I look at what you have to do compared to other people in, in this, this time period, yours is relatively easy. But when it's your own personal path, it's not so easy right? because of that confidence yeah. issue, right? If I, yeah. if I went to somebody who's got a Scorpio rising, let's say, or a Scorpio midheaven, and I said, hey, with this eclipse, here to do what you love to do, they would be like all on over that, right? They'd be like, yes. Uh, but for you, it's a little more difficult because there's something in the way, and that is that little that feeling of not being good enough, of not having the confidence. So um, I have a thing for you. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Answer that for me out loud, but I want you to take that question to heart during this time because it's really time for you to pull yourself, to bust yourself out of the crowd and individuate, right? Stand in your own sovereign self doing what it is that you're meant to do here, whatever it is you love to do here. Okay. It's funny that you have a Scorpio rising too. I just, I, I know I, when you said that, I, <laughs> I was like, I do I have Scorpio rising. Like, oh. Yeah. And on top of that, Heather, you have Jupiter transiting right your natal Uranus. So there should be some surprising things happening for you uh, over the rest of this year. Jupiter backs over, well, it hasn't gone retrograde yet, but in April it'll retrograde back over this spot. Then when we get into the late summer, early fall, it's going to go forward for this spot. So there's a lot calling you to be, uh, to use the army, to be all that you can be. And to release yourself from the from the old paradigm, from the old voices in your head, and live out that. And you'll find that this actually sets you up in a foundational way for your future. So go forth and prosper. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. You are most Thank welcome. You. Well done, right. Eva. Thank, Thank you. You ladies have a great night. Thank you. You too. Oh, Janet, that was very cool straight off, wasn't yeah. it? Now, I, I love those were... kind of readings, but, you know, there's something to be said, you know, how you were saying, Annette, that everybody can gain from these readings. Uh, and it's mm. so true because no matter what, Leo Aquarius energy is saying the same thing in everybody's chart saying it in a different area of their lives. For Heather, it just happened to be across the part of her chart where she would be out in the world doing what she does and also setting up foundation for other people. It could be across relationships, maybe across money or dreams, wherever it is, it's that same thing, breaking out of the crowd and standing in your own individual uh, light. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Will we go to Amla? Hello. Hello. Am- Hello. 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 Hi, How are you I, doing? No, Janet. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> How are you? I am doing quite well. Thank you very much. Experiencing my own eclipse issues over the last couple of weeks. I think I've broken out finally and uh, feeling much better about everything uh, in the world. Uh, what Ooh. can I help you with today? Um, I actually kind of like what you did with the previous color. Um, mm-hmm. We're acting at now and maybe looking at the seventh house. Yeah, because, of course, your your um, uh, Leo part of the chart sits in the seventh house, which is the house of relationships, both uh, right. partnerships through business or partnerships in love and marriage uh, or or uh, committed partnerships, let's just call it that anymore. Um, tell me about your personal relationships. Are you in a committed relationship right now, or 
have you recently left a relationship? What, how's that look in your life? Um, I recently just, it's so super new. I met him in October, but, um, now it's, now we're talking, which is only, it's not even been a week. I mean, I only talked to him for the first time since then, uh, Sunday, this past Sunday. So it's very new, very new, but I feel strong. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. So here's kind of an interesting motif that's going on in your chart. The sun and the south node and Venus are all sitting in your first house, which is the house of you, right? The self and your viewpoint and your perspective, how you look, how you act, how you feel, uh, everything to do with you. And by birth, you have your natal Venus and your natal Jupiter there. So the first house is quite powerful for you in its own right. The house, on the other hand, is very much like what Heather was describing in her chart where there are places. And I know I didn't answer that for her, but let me, let me answer that question in general because a lot of people notice, hey, I have this house over here and there's nothing in it. Does that mean I'm doomed to not, in your case, have a relationship? No, no, no. That is not okay. the case. Just mm-hmm. because you have a house that's empty, doesn't have any planets in it, does not mean there's nothing going on there. Because there's a ruler of that house. Your seventh house begins in the sign of Leo, so that makes the sun the ruler. So wherever the sun is in your chart, and yours happens to be in Sagittarius in the 11th house, we Ooh. are looking at connection then between that part of your chart, the 11th house of dreams and hopes and goals and aspirations and the people that you hang out with, uh, your humanitarian self, and your relationship self. It kind of makes me think that um, there might be a dream person that you have tried to bring into your life that is the process of appearing. So in the absence of that, then it's an, a call for you to get some clarity around who do you want to be in a partnership with, right? Yes. Um, Right. Is you know what what does he or she look like? What do they do? How do they react? What do you do together? How do you feel together? Everything that you can think of that you would want in a relationship. Asking the universe, how can I bring this person into my life? Or, or what do I need to do to attract this person into my life? Maybe right. even asking the question is blank the guy that you just met a few months back, is he the right person to bring to my life? Um, and then waiting for the universe's response to that, either by strengthening that relationship, by watching that he just sort of runs off into the sunset, whatever that is. Because the power here for you is you, right? This is, it's kind of funny because we always want to have be in a relationship and then I look at someone's chart and I go whoa 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 wait a minute the bang for your buck in this lifetime is in the relationship you have with you and wouldn't you know Jupiter is at 11 degrees 12 minutes of your chart in Aquarius right where the, the the sun is going to be during this eclipse so it does really relate strongly for you Amla to be very clear in who you are and who that you want to attract to you. I hope all that makes sense. No, it does. And that's, I feel, I felt a very strong connection with this person. It's high intellect and high spirituality. Um, There you go. Yeah. Right. So then the question to the universe is then how do I open up to bring this relationship more and more into my beingness or your words, you know, that you have to be able to show the universe, number one, you're interested. You're going to do this as sort of a prayer, um, a, a mantra even, or whatever. That you're asking the universe to bring you this person. And is this the right person for me? Right. And how can I make this even better? Right. Th- those are kind of the questions that you can, you can question the universe about. And be it, or God, it doesn't matter how you call it or how you name it or what you name it. Just, you know, okay. looking at a higher power. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I just was wondering about the, isn't there a new moon in um, February 15th? What's that yes. all about? And I just have that. 
that that is the new moon, and it will be a partial solar eclipse. So okay. another powerful kind of time period that uh, will still be across Aquarius and Leo. So it is a door opener rather than the closer. And okay. so if there's something that passes out of your frequency during this particular moon, then it's a potential for this solar eclipse to bring some more information, something new at that particular time. And okay. these are all related, by the way. Uh, these two eclipses in late January, early February, or mid-February are related to the August eclipses that we had. They're oh. all part of the same series. So okay. you, what you could see, rather than something happening specifically in this time period, is an sure. echo of sorts from the August eclipses. Two eclipses were pretty powerful back in August. Yes. And we these two are powerful as well. Yes. Their focus is more along Aquarian lines now as opposed to the last two, which were more focused in Leo. Um, so being able to get outside of yourself in this case, right, thinking a little differently about yourself and how you've been in relationships and how you've attracted relationships in the past. Make sense? It totally makes sense because in August I let go of somebody out of my mm. mind and spirit, and then now it's coming. Something's coming into fruition. Whether this might be this person, I don't know, but my energy has mm-hmm. significantly changed. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Just don't leave yourself out of the equation because really you have Jupiter in your first house by birth, and that means you are here to really strengthen who you are. You yes. are a master of yourself first, and that becomes the attractive force that brings others to you. Yes. Okay. And you know what? I really, truly feel that from my heart inside out now. So what a That's beautiful good. time of my life. So I'm so pre- appreciative. Thank you so much, Janet. You're and most welcome, you, Amla. Thanks for calling in. It's good to talk to you again. Yes. Good. God bless. Thanks, Thanks Annette. Happy New Year. Thanks, Amla. Thank you. What enthusiastic uh, people we have today, Janet. It's lovely. I love it. People to call in. Yes, I know. It really raises the energy of the show. And we have people communicating in the chat room too. And that's lovely. So thank you all for what you're bringing to this show. My first call in 2018. Yes. Now, Janet, you had more to share with us. I had an interesting aha this morning. You know, every morning I do a video of the energy of the day. And I do that on my Facebook uh, page, uh, Living Astrology. And it's just usually a 15, 20-minute, sometimes I go a little longer. (laughs) But we we, we look at sort of the energy of the day. And somehow this morning, I was preparing to do this. I, I, well, first of all, I looked at the chart for the eclipse and the, the eclipse there is a very tight conjunction of the moon in the eclipse and planet Ceres. Now, she's a planet that we've talked about before in terms of what she rules in the chart, which is things like food and agriculture and the cycles of the fem- the female life presents nurturing and motherhood because remember Ceres is related to Demeter, who in both Greek and Roman myth her daughter to Hades or to Pluto in the underworld for six months out of the year and um, ends up in such grief and mourning that the earth begins to die. So Zeus, her brother, had to take things into his own hands and brokered a deal with Hades to allow her daughter Persephone to live six months of the year uh, on the earth and the other six months in the underworld. Thus we get this concept of six months of spring and summer where the earth is prospering and abundant. And then the other six months where things die off and become inert. And so a cycle is born in other words, right? So Mm -hmm. when you have an eclipse tightly conjunct something like Ceres, who she's fairly new to our painting of planets that we use in the chart, but she was elevated, remember back in 2005 from a, an asteroid to a dwarf planet. At the same time, Pluto was demoted from a planet to to a dwarf planet. So it's almost like we're elevating both the king and the queen to the same sort of level, and meaning we seem to be, it seems to be saying 
that we are now elevating both the, the divine masculine and the divine feminine to a form of equality. So I was taking that one step further this morning in my mind. And I what's interesting about this. Ceres represents motherhood. She represents mm-hmm. fullness of the female in, in her uh, bounty, right? That we think of, of womanhood, we really think of pregnancy and birth and taking care of children or nurturing, right? The, that's the fullness of womanhood. If we look back just in the last few weeks, <laughs> at least in our country, I'm not sure about in yeah, but in our country, there has been this swelling and this up, uh, up movement of bringing the divine feminine fully and forcefully up to the front and calling mm-hmm. for equality, for exposing the masculine patriarchy for the, the, the wrongs that have been done. And, you know, more and more of them gaining their power. Now, this isn't the only time in history that's happened. Of course, if we go back to the 60s, we also can see that there was a beginning of this woman's movement. It was more fiery then. It was more youthful. It was more um, almost contrary and conflictive. I mean, there was a lot of energy uh, in conflict at that particular time. So I think what we see in that is interesting teenage female movement that began in the uh, 60s and moved on into the 70s. And now the fullness of motherhood, the maturing of the divine feminine, and the actual ability to bring every movement together in a way that empowers women not to overtake the masculine and become a matriarchy, but to claim her place beside divine masculine. And it's really mm-hmm. quite eloquent when you think of being in the outer world and then noticing that the heavens appear to be matching the same thing and this particular eclipse with Ceres holding such a prominent position really crystallizes that this is exactly what is happening in our world right now maybe starting in this country and moving out maybe other countries are going through it in their own way uh, or mm-hmm. cultures but in one way or another, the divine feminine has reached her motherhood. She has reached the fullness of her power and her grace and her nurturing ability. And she won't be stopped now. <laughs> this, is, this is that gateway that brings that, I think, into fullness. Not in a way that right. demeans the masculine, but in a way that meets him head on. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yes, we do see it here as well as uh, seeing it in America. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Yeah, and it's so important that we bring through love and respect for everybody. You know, we <laughs> males yeah. and females were created and how lovely when we can live in harmony. So much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I really believe that when we were uh first really looking at women rising, you know, this course began we could go back to the 20s when women were trying to get the right to vote and to own property and so forth that could have been the the early childhood of this movement and then we got to the 60s and it did become more rebellious let's use that which kind of reminds me of the teenager right the teenagers rebelling against stretching their wings and trying to find their power base now we have the fullness of womanhood and uh, the rising of energy to uh, the place, I think, where it can really be beautifully expressed in the world. So I think that is very powerful indeed. The mm-hmm. other thing of note during this particular um, eclipse, and I've seen this in many different areas, is that this is literally the first super blue blood since 1866, at least in the Americas, I think that there were uh, others that affected Asia and um, maybe even uh, the European continent, but the first time in, since 1866 that it affected the Americas. And note that 1866 is just post the Civil War in the United States. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a struggle for equality. Right, literally, it was a struggle for equality with slaves being the uh, at that point in time. Um, 
you know, and it sort of portends a little bit of the battle yet to come. Like, we're not done with this. Um, what happened after the Civil War was the Restoration, and that was not easy, right? That was a very chaotic time in our country's history, almost as bad as the war itself was. And so I'm expecting that we still have a ways to go with this movement. I still think there's backlash out there that's going to be had, uh, a reckoning, so to speak. I don't want people to think we're done, that this portal brings it and we're done with this. I still expect mm-hmm. a little bit of rippling out of some more of this as, as other countries even. Um, women are even more demeaned and more uh, kept down uh, because to uh, come into this fullness of this energy as well. So I think it'll be an interesting time. And, you know, eclipses don't, they don't live in a vacuum. It's not like this eclipse happens tonight or tomorrow morning and never is heard from again. I mean, we mm. keep experiencing this energy time after time in regular time periods throughout uh, the intervening uh, months. And even years. This one may take a couple of years before the series is done. So, right. anyway. Fascinating. Yeah. So much. Thank you for today. sharing. And it's it's wonderful. Because when I first read this morning, uh, super blue red moon, it was like, oh, my goodness. What on earth are we talking about? And then. Our newspaper very kindly explained it as you have on air, which is fabulous. Shall we now speak with Andy? Absolutely. Let's bring her in. Andy, welcome to Angel. Hello. Well, hello. Hi, Annette. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you, Janet. You're most welcome, Andy. It's great to hear your voice. Tell me what's going on in your life. Well, with this eclipse, I was just curious. It's quite close um, to the first, second house axis, I think. But it's I just right wasn't on the cusp. sure. Yes, it's right on the cusp. How do you interpret mm-hmm. that when those are right on the huh. cusp? When they're right on the cusp, I look at it as house that it's moving to. So, for example, your second house cusp actually. 12 degrees, 34 minutes of Leo. So you could say that eclipse is happening in the very last degree, your first house, which most astrologers would call uh, the, the second house, because literally that is the place that it's, it's moving toward. Now, you could still look at it partly in the first house because you're taking, mm, let's call it the wisdom, the knowledge of self, in the first house, and you're elevating it or pushing it forward into your second house. So some of the changes that will happen within, have happened within you, are going to affect the self-worthiness, the ability to earn money, and, and, and gather resources in the second house. I hope that makes sense to you. Yes, I think that makes excellent sense, because I was confused as to how to interpret um, you know, they talk about um, in the pop literature about eclipses, especially lunar ones, being endings or, yeah. you know, uh, ending things. And it's like, wow, so does that mean the end of end of finance or <laughs> end of finances for me or what is it? You know, you look at that yeah, and you think, oh, dear. No, here's how I would interpret it. And in some respects, you're right. The full moon we always think of, and the full moon is the lunar eclipse is ultimately a full moon, and it can bring something into completion. It can create an ending, but literally, it could also be a revelation, right? It could be an awe. Yes. It could be maybe it's the ending in this case of poverty, consciousness, lack, and the advance uh, the advance of of uh, prosperity and abundance, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it, it's certainly not the end of you being able to earn money, especially because the planet Ceres is right there, and she's that. When you when you see Ceres, she's usually shown like holding a sheaf of wheat, and has a, a sort of cornucopia or a a tray of goodies, you know, fruit, and because she does, right. she's the goddess of the harvest, and she does 
tend to, to really bring forth abundance, but she brings forth abundance out of lack. Out of winter comes spring. So she sort of is showing us that time has its seasons and time uh, there is that given that take, right? The the pendulum swings from one side to the other. Um, so yes, we do experience times where we're not earning much money perhaps, or maybe the bills are higher than the money is coming in. And then that switches again and we come back into bounty. The, the quest that we're on here that you're on is to not allow that to knock you off your center. That no no matter where you are in the abundance factor here, to try to keep it from swinging perilously low and super high, to try to keep you know things in balance in a rhythm. Um, it reminds me this morning when we were doing our um, video on air for the daily energy report, uh, one of my listeners arbitrarily decided to pull a tarot card and she pulled the two of pentacles. And the uh-huh. pentacles is the guy that's sort of balancing the pentacles, which represent bounty. Um, and in between, the energy that's holding these two together is the infinity symbol or the, you know, the, the eight. Right. 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 And so it, it was such a beautiful symbology, I think, even here for your own chart, Andy, to see that there's a right to the give and the take, to the uh, receiving of abundance and the give forth. Um, that does not mean you're doomed to have high highs and low lows. Certainly, that is not what it means at all. The focus, interestingly enough, your natal series is in the eighth house, which is the opposite of the second house, right? Yes. The, the second house earns money and attracts resources The uh, by the work that you do, for example, is how you get money. The eighth house, on the other hand, gets it from um, other sources. Other people's money, I call it, right? It could be tax right. money, it could be debt, it could be or credit, it could be winnings, it could be inheritances, it could be annuities. You know what I'm saying? In money sure, that you haven't necessarily sure. earned, but that still comes to you. So you have nothing to fear here. Um, I think series entering your second house, though, is portending a time of plenty coming. And you've probably done a lot of work. Um, you've maybe set yourself up for a time of bringing forth abundance. So don't panic. Don't worry. (laughs) That sounds lovely. Thank you so much, Janet. I really appreciate the interpretation and the clarification. And thank you, Annette. Not a problem at all. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for joining us. Janet, there are several people in the queue. I think it's time for us to state your website, uh, Living dash astrology.com and the fact that you are very generous and allow people to request a free human design chart uh, when they visit your website yeah a free human design chart you can get a free jupiter in scorpio reading um i also offer a free natal chart on there for people who aren't familiar with what their birth chart looks like. I don't really do much interpretation of that. I just kind of tell you what the different houses mean and what the component parts are. Um, but those are all free, and all you have to do is uh, email me the birth in- your birth information, obviously, because I need that in order to do the chart. Yeah. Um, but um, there, that's you know the best chart. There are, are a lot of different readings that you can, um, you know, the paid readings, obviously, but you can you can buy. And, of course, the newest thing that I'm doing is the morning, Monday through Friday, uh, the morning energy report at 8 a.m. Pacific time, uh, 11 a.m. East Coast time on my Facebook page, which is called Living Astrology. And that's free. And we just talk about the day's bringing and whatever else happens to be on my mind that morning (laughs) in terms of astrology or human design. Yes. Excellent. For those in uh, a similar time frame, how wonderful because you can uh, listen to Janet of a morning. (laughs) I must Mm -hmm. admit, Janet, for me, it's a tad early. Or if I'm having a very, very late night, maybe I need to tune in. (laughs) 
Well, the good news, Annette, is that because I broadcast that directly onto Facebook, it immediately archives, and so it stays on the page. It's just not live anymore. So you could still listen to the ah. recording of the broadcast. Um, you just won't Fabulous. have it live, which you know means nothing much, yeah. really. How cool is that? See, Facebook, gee, it's offering us a lot of uh, choices now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not so sure about this particular caller. It's area code 917. Who are we welcoming? Well, I'm a bit unsure about that. Hello, who are we speaking with? Hi, Annette, this is Ellen. Thank you so much for taking my call. Our pleasure. Hi, Sorry. Did you want to read today? I would love one, Janet. Um, awesome. Me... Ellen, have I done a reading for you before? Yes, on a net show maybe two months ago. Are you Ellen Condon? No. Um, born in Brooklyn, New York. Does that help? Let's see if I can just find a plain Ellen. <laughs> that sounds so rude, doesn't it? <laughs> no, a plain no. Ellen. Uh, let's see here. Uh, E-L-N, right? E-L-L-E-N? Exactly. I have Ellen born May 26th That's in Brooklyn. It. You found me. Oh, yay. <laughs> okay, oh. so let me quickly pull up your chart here and see what is going on. In the meantime, what is your question? What's going on in your life? Um, well, lots of things are going on. So uh, whatever popped out that you asked me to look at the chart would be fine with me. Um, All I'll right. I'll give you a few of the things that are going on. Um, I'm moving um, later in February. I've already mm-hmm. lined up the place. Uh, let's see. Um, I would After that is done and locked up and everything, then I'm going to be focusing on changing jobs. I'm also started seeing someone new. Is something going to happen there? So I don't want you to cover everything. Just anything that pops out. <laughs> okay. So juicy, juicy stuff going on in your life. It sounds like. Um, so here's what pops out at me. Um, the eclipse for you is indeed occurring across the tenth and the fourth house. The fourth house representing home, including moving relocating, redesigning, or redecorating a home, buying or selling real estate. And the 10th house, of course, being your career and profession. And the moon is what it looks like now. It's already just moved into Leo, early Leo. And Ceres, of course, is with destiny. And they're at the last degrees of that. So it seems like something has been already established as far as a new career or a new position, a new you know business. And yet the sun, now I don't want you panic when I say this, okay? Um, the sun in this eclipse is going to be conjunct your natal Chiron. And mm-hmm. natal Chiron in Aquarius has a lot to do with feelings of powerlessness. The wound in your own life has been about power, power struggles, a uh, 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 struggle to, to become your own power or to express your own power and that alternates of course with the opposite which is powerlessness and the sun is triggering that for you so tell me if that might be working out in your life right now hmm um i I hadn't thought of that my life in those terms i have had issues of self-worth and so forth i guess maybe the Mm -hmm. two are tied together um Mm -hmm. I would have to think about it, but you think that would be affected for during this eclipse? Well, here's what I think about this, because you are in, let's see, 1956, so that puts you, how old are you then, 59? No, 61. Holy cow, I can't add, apparently. <laughs> Never mind, it's a sudden return then. Um, but here's what I'm looking at. You have Jupiter transiting through your house, which can mean both, larger than normal expenditures, but also more than usual money coming into you. But it is also ultimately basing your income on your self-worth or your feelings of worthiness. In, in other words, how, how are you valuing yourself and what you do out in the marketplace? 
now, if some of these changes that you're making right now are changes that are in alignment with your values and are in alignment with your worthiness and readiness to receive, then this wound is in the healing process and you don't really need to worry about it at all. However, if these changes are being made and you don't necessarily feel like it's the best move for you, but you're doing this out of some other feelings of maybe not as uh, not as positive feelings, um, maybe trying to escape something or to get away from people, uh, then this may not be as positive of a move. Does that make sense? Yes, and this is very positive then. Um, this is a nice upgrade in housing, um, nice, everything is very nice. I, I'm thrilled with it. Okay. That makes all the cool. difference, right? <laughs> if these are, ha- if these changes are happening and occurring because of not feeling good enough, um, that's a completely different story than what you've just translated to me. So I think this is a positive time for you. And as far as love and romance, just because you kind of opened that doorway, Uranus happens to be moving through seven house of relationship, surprises going on in the partnershiping arena. Venus, the goddess of love, has just moved into your fifth house of love affairs and romance. So possibly something coming to you in that direction as well. So I think things are uh, looking up for you, very, very nicely looking up for you. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful reading. Thank you. <laughs> you are most thank you, and thank Ellen. you for calling in. Thank you. Now, thank Janet, you. I have located our dear Heather C. And awesome. For, yes, and for other people who are lining up, I'm really sorry. I think today, all I can say <laughs> is next month, <laughs> and be and be ready. Here is Heather C. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Well, thank you for taking my call. Hi, Heather. Glad to be here. Hi. Good. We're, we're so happy to have you here with us as well. Um, I actually have your chart pulled up and right in front of me. And I'm sorry, you weren't lost in the in the matrix there somewhere. Um, what is your question or what can I help you with tonight? Well, this is fairly new to me. Um, mm-hmm. I've never had my chart read, so I would be really interested to hear how this eclipse is going to affect me and also um, if it says anything about my relationship and maybe if marriage might be in the future. Hmm. Well, you have a very tantalizing chart and I am tempted over and over a whole lot of different things. So let's start with the eclipse. Um, the okay. eclipse for you, th- this seems to be a very interesting time in your life as the eclipse appears to be leading you toward really claiming something about uh, what you want in your life, your dream perhaps, uh, or what your goals and aspirations are. It kind of says that um, let's see, Heather, you are, you were born in 74, so you're going to have to tell me how old you are, because that to me sounds like, what, 42 years old? 44. 44, okay, yeah. so you're past your, you are past what we call your midlife crisis, which happens somewhere between 40 and 42. Yeah. Wow. Um, technically speaking, <laughs> yes, you are. Does that mean you are completely out of it? No. Why? Be honest, is dangling right around the same degree uh, in Aries as you natal Chiron. So you are one of those lucky people that has sort of the extended version of a midlife crisis. How is it that you get out of that crisis part of it? By declaring very powerfully to the universe what it is you want. What are your goals? If you had, if I were to say to you, and I said this to someone earlier, I think it was the other, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? Right? What would you do? What If I said to you, you can have anything you want, Heather, all you have to do is claim it, uh, what would that be? And this is an important exercise because the goddess, the bounteous goddess, right? She's the nurturing, mothering goddess is saying, it's time for you to nurture a vision. It's time for you to really look at the want, right? And you're at the halfway point, let's say, of your life. 
right? I, approximately, who knows, you know, I don't know the day of your death, but let's just say for argument's sake, you know, you're at about halfway through your lifetime. What is it I want to do with now? How do I want to serve? What are my gifts and my talents? And how do I want to uh, share that with the world? And at the other end of the eclipse, the gate, or gate is the uh, fifth house, which is the house of creativity and ideas and joy and play and love and romance. It's, a very, it's probably one of the juiciest houses in the whole of the zodiac because it says, I desire love and joy and all of the fun things, right? So that's kind of the focus for you right now. First is on vision. What do I want? What do I want to create? Where do I see myself a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now? Because now is the time to take action on those things. And the second message being what really fills me up and makes me feel good and makes me happy and and rearrange your life in that direction. And lastly, because note, and that's probably chomping at the bit because we're getting low on time here, is that <laughs> you, are, you are having Uranus right on top of your natal, your natal chiron, which is the wound is being triggered for a resolution at this point, and awakening to ways in which you haven't been standing on your own two feet or doing what it is that supports you, and it's time to make that change. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Chiron in right now moves out of that and into Aries, the sign where you have your natal in April. So that it's like that drum beat is picking up strength. It's picking up the sound and the beat uh, for you to really lay claim to who it is you want to be and what it is you want to do. Go forth fearlessly. Wow. Yay. That's amazing (laughs) because I'm in the in the process of changing my career path and and doing something that is going to be helping others and giving back and hmm. doing something that's really fulfilling. So and I'm I'm gung ho about it. I'm just I'm going for it. So is, is that, it healing and a lot of sense. Yes. Awesome. Excellent. Very good. Yes. Well done. I really appreciate this. No problem whatsoever. It's my pleasure. I love seeing charts like this. Oh, we have some very, very satisfied callers today, Janet. Thank you so much. Thank you to the callers. What a show to start with. And, of course, (laughs) anybody can listen. Janet, you were saying that your Facebook uh, little chats of a morning are... Mm-hmm. recorded, uh, archived, well, so too yeah. are these shows. So especially for the listeners, because sometimes when we're getting a reading on air, we don't take it all in at the time. So be sure to visit angelheartradio.com and listen again to the show. For those people who missed out this month, of course, you can visit Janet living dash com, and if not, I, uh, also uh, Facebook, as Janet said. And if you've heard about Janet's uh, little daily offerings, Monday to Friday, for the first time, make sure you tune in because Janet always has something fascinating <laughs> to say. <laughs> Janet, thank you so, so much for joining me. Thank I look forward you. to having you with me again at the end of February. Oh my goodness, how the year will go. Everybody, if you're in a position to watch the eclipse at any stage, please do. I'm sure it's going to be beauty and be aware of how it impacts on your life. Lots and lots of love. I look forward to you next week when Marnie Perna, our kinesiologist, will join me. Bye for now. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. 
You can check out who's on, when we're on and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com. Everything is there. It's all just one click away. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts, co-hosts, callers, guests and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.